here perchance, you're not here uh, by accident. God brought you uh, because of the things that God wants to say to you and then do through you. Um, it's important that we are prepared for the days to come. COVID-19 came. COVID-19 will go. COVID-19 invaded the spheres of our lives. But we thank God that God, with the help of Jehovah, we are winning in every area. The curve has been flattened in our city. The curve has been flattened in our nation. The curve has been flattened even in so many places. And very soon, I cannot wait to return back to corporate worship, whereby all of us can gather together and celebrate Jesus and dance once again and rejoice once again and listen to you know listen to uh, the worship team and listen to uh, everybody coming together we thank god for that and we're looking forward to it hallelujah but right now we thank god for what we have the bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name there am i in the midst of them and i know god is here with us wherever you may be maybe in your lounge maybe in your in your own apartment in your own place in your own house the lord is here with us to give us a word in season uh let us pray heavenly father we just want to thank you once again we are together again just praising the lord we are together again in one accord something good is already happening Something good is in store. We are together again. Lord, I pray the Lord, you will speak to your people. Let there be an accurate word from heaven for each person listening. Take us from where we are to where we ought to be. Lord, I pray let there be revelation that will bring revolution. Let there be inspiration that will bring transformation. Lord, I'm asking that no one will remain the same after hearing this word. Because no one remained the same when you were here on earth. The blind met with you, eyes were open. The deaf had you, the Bible says that the deaf had you. And then the, 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 the heart, the dumb had you, the spoke. Even the Pharisees had you and they were confounded. They had to go back to what they've been saying. Oh, Lord, my God, I pray no one will leave this place this morning remaining the same. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. We give you worship. We give you adoration. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. This morning, I'll be taking us back to the series I started a few weeks back on engaging in spiritual warfare, fighting an invisible enemy. Engaging in spiritual warfare, fighting an invisible enemy. I want to warn us from this onset. This is very strategic to the kingdom of God. This is very important to your life. It's important that you know how to fight. It's important that you know how to push back the onslaught of the enemy. It's important that you know how to possess your possession. Can I be very truthful with you? If you don't know how to fight, you can't possess the inheritance that God has for you. 
Because there's an enemy of our soul, someone fighting truth and need to ensure that we do not enter into. Praise the name of the Lord. We thank God that we have God on our side. We thank God that we have truth on our side. And with the word that God is bringing to us, we will enter. We can enter. We will possess our possession in Jesus' name. Therefore, I said, let me bring forth a warning. And the warning is this. Satan has two key strategies. Number one, ignorance. He wants to keep you ignorant so that you don't get to know what he, he say what his plans, his schemes, his maneuvers. But thank God that the word is coming now. And if you cannot stop you from being ignorant, then the next strategy is to distract you. That is why take your seat. Don't be walking about. Sit down, listen, and be focused so that what God has for us this morning will be totally yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go to the book of Numbers, chapter number 10, and I'll start to read from verse number 7. Numbers 10 from verse number 7. And when the assembly is gathered together, you shall blow, but not sound the advance. The sons of Aaron the priest shall blow the trumpets, and this shall be to you as an ordinance forever throughout your generation. Verse 7 says, when the assembly is gathered together. Remember, I spoke on four dimensions of church life. And we gave the first dimension, that is gathering together. God wants us to gather together. The assembly is our gathering together. But that is not all. In most places, it's about gathering. Oh, let's come together and fellowship. Oh, that is fantastic. That is good. That is glorious. That is powerful. In fact, Jesus emphasized that. He says, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Paul went further. He said, do not neglect our gathering together as it was the manner of some. So God wants us to gather. God wants us to gather. God wants us to come together. God wants us to gather together in an assembly. It's beautiful. It's the will of God. But it's just the first dimension. And he said, when you sound the advance, I spoke about that about three weeks ago, that the advance is when you start to advance in God. God brought them out to bring them in. In advancing, you'll be able to enter into divine promise. You'll be able to enter into divine inheritance. I have, it is with a, a lot of, uh, uh, that I say this this morning, that many times God's people are not advancing. We gather together, but we are not advancing. Many people are not growing. Many people are not developing themselves. They are not growing in their capacity in the spirit. It's good to gather together, but God wants us to grow. Tell your neighbor, say, God wants you to grow. Tell your neighbor that God is interested in your growth. God wants you to advance. Because when you advance, you can possess and you can enter into inheritance in God. So he says, when you blow the trumpet, 
then you but not sound the advance. Verse 8, the sons of Aaron, the priests shall blow the trumpets, and this shall be to you as an ordinance forever throughout your generations. Meaning it was not just meant for them at this time. It was something that must continue throughout their generations. Then verse 9, which is what I'm interested in. When you go to war, remember the first dimension, assembly. Number two, advance. Number three, warfare. When you go to war, did you notice there that the Bible didn't say if you go to war? He said when you go to war, meaning that it's a question of time. When you have to go to war, it's a question of time. When you have to confront circumstances, God has never promised us that we'll go through life on the flowery beds of ease. God did not say there will not be issues. God did not say there will not be challenges. In fact, if I will remind you, let me remind you. Psalm 34 verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him from them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but thank God that he did not stop there. The Bible says, and the Lord. Oh, can we say, and the Lord. And the Lord will deliver him from them all. So he says, when you go to war in your land, Against the enemy. Against the enemy. Who is the enemy? For Israel, there were people in the land of Canaan that God had promised them. But for us today, oh, our people are enemies? Our, our neighbors are enemies? That co-worker that seems to be giving you a lot of problems, is he your enemy? Is your boss your enemy? Okay, oh, maybe some of us are saying, yes, that man, oh, that woman, but just wait a little bit, or we'll get to that. But so when you go to war in your land against the enemy who oppresses you, then you shall sound an alarm with the trumpets, and you'll be remembered for the, before the Lord your God, and you'll be saved from your enemies. Verse number 10, also in the day of your gladness, in your appointed feast, at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your bond offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings. And there shall be a memorial for you before your God. I am the Lord your God. Now it came to pass on the 28th day of the second month in the second year. And the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle of testimony. And the children of Israel set out from the wilderness of Sinai on their journeys and then the clouds settled in the wilderness of Paran so they started out for the first time according to the command of the law by the hand of Moses at this time they left Egypt remember how they were so powerfully delivered from the oppression the affliction the domination of Egypt God stretched forth his mighty hand to deliver them when they left Egypt, how, you know, how well they sang. The women led the singing. Thank God for women. Praise God. They led the singing. Miriam, the sister of Moses, they sang the song, We will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider has been thrown into the sea. They sang other songs. It was a time of rejoicing. It was a time of celebration. They were finally free. But God brought them out to bring them in. 
out the pit. God brought them out to bring them in. One side of the equation had been fulfilled. It was now time to proceed into the entering into the inheritance that God had for them. And at this time, they were now on their way. And remember the last time I spoke here, I was reminding you how they got to Kadesh Barnea. Kadesh Barnea was the entrance to the promised land. Kadesh meaning holy. Barnea meaning wilderness of wandering. From Goshen to Kadesh Barnea was just 11 days journey. They got to the entrance of the promised land. They were now about to enter into promise. And then problem started. They were at the crossroad. They were to make a choice for the way of the cross. They were to choose Kadesh. They were to choose following God's plan, following God's will. But they chose Baneer. They started wandering for 40 years. And over 600,000 men, besides Joshua and Caleb, who left Egypt, did not make it. If you're going to add the women, Exodus 12, 37 says 600,000 men left. Add the women to it, they'll get to about one point something million. Add the children to it, they'll get to about almost three million people who left with pomp and pageantry, who left with singing, but they did not enter into promise. This is so important, my dear friends, that you know how to fight. It's so important, my dear fellows, that you know how to take your standing God and push back whatever the enemy is trying to unleash into your life. COVID-19 is a very good example. One virus came from nowhere. Ordinary virus shut down the government of nations. Ordinary virus shut down multi-billion companies. Ordinary virus shut down billions of people all over the world. My dear ones, there's some things we need to learn. I said this before, I will say it again. If God did not intend for us to learn something from it, it would never have allowed it. If it was never intended, it would never have been allowed. But then what are the things that we should learn from it? What are the changes we need to make in our lives? What are the areas we need to make adjustments? What are the things we need to start to implement? God spoke to us as a church that will emerge infinitely better than when we started it. But we can't do that if we plan to continue in the same way. We can accomplish that if we think we just return back to our place of worship the same way we were before we started. What do you need to change in your life? What adjustments do you need to make? What areas do you need to say, I don't want this again? What area do you need to go to God and say, Lord, Lord, this is an area in my life that has opened the door to the enemy. I don't want this. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. 
And I want to remind you, if you cry to him, he will listen to you. If you cry to him, he will answer you. Because we have served a God who loves the prosperity of his own people. He loves his children so dearly. He wants to help us. And it's time. Invest this time. We have a short time to go. Invest it. If you have not been, invest it. Take time. Build yourself up. So that at the end of the day, you will appear brand new. Amen. Let me continue in this discourse. And I want to take us to seven pillars of engaging in this spiritual warfare. Seven pillars of engaging in this spiritual warfare. Number one pillar is this. There is an invisible spirit realm. Most people only know this natural realm. This physical realm, the realm that we see, the realm of sight, the realm of senses, but it's far, far bigger than that. God does not live in the natural. God does not live in the sense realm. And can I add, Satan does not also operate from the sense realm. He tries to influence it, but you can see him. So if you're only focused, like majority of people in the world, and majority of people in the church, on the natural realm, the physical realm, you're going to be in big trouble very soon. There is an invisible realm beyond the natural realm. There is a spirit realm, spiritual realm, beyond the natural realm. And can I submit to you, this realm is greater this realm is the mother of the natural realm because God the Spirit created the heavens and the earth. Pillar number two. There is an invisible warfare. And our warfare is not against flesh and blood. Whether you like it or not. Whether you admit it or not. Whether you want to focus on it or not. There is an invisible warfare going on around you and it's all about your destiny it's all about your purpose just like God brought Israel out to bring them in God also brought you out of the world out of the dominion of darkness to transfer you to the kingdom of his own dear son it is at that point of entering into your inheritance into your purpose into your promise that many times we face the battles and if you don't know what to do, if you don't even understand that there's a warfare going around, oh, we start to complain. We start to say, I don't know why I'm going through all these troubles, why I'm facing all these problems, why I'm facing all these situations. We start to complain. Instead of aligning with God, we start to say things we should not be saying. Instead of worshipping him, instead of trying to lay hold on his will and start to lay hold on strength in God and push back, we start to say things, we start to complain, we start to feel bad, and the rest of it like that. Those are marks of people who do not know how to fight. And God is bringing this word to us to train us and help us and increase our capacity to fight. What exactly am I saying? I want us to turn our Bible to Ephesians chapter 6 from verse number 10. What does it say? 
Ephesians 6, verse number 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord, not in yourself, not in your capacity, not in your ability, not in your financial ability. He said, be strong in the Lord. Because anything that is here can be invaded by Satan and can be dismantled by him. He said, build your strength in God and in the power of his might. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to ward. Able to ward. I hope you are reading with me. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. You can see how organized the kingdom of the enemy is. Principalities, one. Number two, powers. Number three, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. And then number four, I mean, rulers of darkness in of this age, number three, and number four, spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. You can see that we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. From today, your boss is not your enemy. Your neighbor is not your enemy. The person that you think, oh, this person, look at what this person, they are not your enemies. Do not allow Satan to deceive you. Don't allow Satan to tell you lies. So that your attention is taken away from him. And instead of you focusing on him, you are focusing on your brother. You are focusing on your sister. You are focusing on your friend. You are focusing on the family member. You are focusing on the boss. You are focusing on that co-worker. And you say, I'm going to work today and I'm going to deal with him. You are fighting a natural fight. And eventually you will lose. Because you can't fight spiritual battles with physical means. I'll repeat. You can't fight spiritual battles with physical means. Number three. The battlefield is in our minds. The battlefield is in our thought life. I'll repeat. The battlefield is in, in our minds. In our thought life. That is where the battlefield is. Because the enemy will come and start to make suggestions to you in your thoughts. Look at this person. This person doesn't care about you. Look at this person. Look at this. Look at that. And you are listening to it. And you are listening to it. And you are listening to it. Before you know what is happening, you are becoming aggravated. Before you know what is happening, you are becoming angry. You are angry. At the same time, you are depressed. Can God give you depressive thoughts? Are depressive thoughts from God? The thoughts that come, and then you, 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 know, you become so angry. You become so sad. You are down. You are unable to pray. Where are those thoughts coming from? Where are those thoughts coming from? They're not coming from God. They're not coming from heaven. They're not coming from Jesus. They're not coming from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not going to give you thoughts that, oh, you just, your shoulders are slumping. 
They're not going to give you thoughts that your face is down. They're not going to give you thoughts that you just don't want to do anything. You feel sad. And do you know the, the enemy can paint pictures? We paint pictures that by the time you see the pictures, they, they are terrifying. They are thoughts. And those thoughts are not from God. They are from Satan. Terrifying thoughts. Sad thoughts. Depressive thoughts. Thoughts that is making you angry all the time. You are angry at yourself. You are angry at your spouse. You are angry at your children. You are angry with everyone around you. They are not from God. And because you have not learned to discern, you have not learned to fight off these thoughts, you just yield to them. And you say, oh, this is the way I am. That's not the way you are. You have received thoughts from somewhere, and thoughts are not material. Thoughts are not physical. You don't see them. But when they come, they try to confirm you to the source of the one bringing the thoughts to you. I'll repeat, when those thoughts come, they try to align you. They try to change you. They try to cause you to conform to the source of the one bringing the thoughts to you. Remember Adam and Eve. How did they become deceived? Thoughts? Thoughts? They were enjoying fellowship with God. God will come to them in the cool of the day. And he will talk with them. They will enjoy fellowship. God will come for his man, Adam, how are you? And Adam will answer, I'm here, Lord. How's been your day? And they will discourse and they will share together until the Bible says somebody stepped in. And the person now came and said, did God say you should not eat that fruit? If you do that, did God say you should not eat it? Yes. Don't you know that if you do that, you're going to develop, you're going to come into the knowledge of good and evil? God gave them very clear instructions. Satan will never come. You know, he will wrap his lies in a measure of truth. How do you poison? How do they poison people? They're not going to pack poison in a plate and give you to eat. Nobody will eat that. No matter how mad the person, you're not going to take poison and just gulp it. But you'll put it with maybe probably a food the person likes to eat. One of our brothers was sharing a few weeks back and said, well, the way they were poisoned, somebody brought a particular meat that they love, and in that meat, poison was put in there. And by the time they ate the meat, and it became a huge problem. That is the way Satan works. He came to them, and he said, did God say this to you? Don't you know you'll be like this? It will start with some form of truth, some element of truth, and start to mix it with lies. It's at that time that those of us who are discerning, those of us who have understanding of this, we start to say, no way, Satan, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not going to entertain that and cast it down. I must also say that there are also good thoughts. The thoughts... They'll bring joy. The thoughts that when you think about them, they'll bring a thrill. They'll bring joy. They'll bring happiness. Very good example. 
How about the thought you were thinking on your wedding day? For those of us who are married, for those of us who are not, maybe something to look forward to. How about the thoughts? We just heard about the family life series. On my wedding day, you know, it was a day of joy, a day of rejoicing. You are looking forward to getting married to the person you so much love. You are happy. That is why brides are always very happy on their wedding day. You see them in their gown. They look so beautiful apart from the makeup. Praise God. And they're walking and they're laughing. It's like dream has finally come to pass. The dream is now fulfilled. Oh, I'm going to be with the love of my life, the love of my heart forever. Oh, you know, at that time, look at the thought that will be flooding the hearts of the bride or even the groom. Happy thoughts, joyful thoughts, good thoughts. The battlefield is in your thought life. Be careful the thoughts you receive. Be careful the thoughts you listen to. Be careful. Be careful. And let me say this. Even God, I mean, people can come and start to say some things that will bring thoughts from the enemy. Because that's what happened with Peter. When Jesus said, I'm getting ready to go to the cross. And on the third day, I will rise again. And he called him. I said, don't say that. You can't say that. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, get thee behind me, Satan. It wasn't Satan that spoke directly through thoughts. It was Satan speaking through Peter to Jesus. And immediately learned from Jesus. He didn't say, eh, what are you saying? What do you mean by that? Let's discuss. You know, we always sit down to discuss with Satan. We listen to what he's bringing. We listen to his lies. Before you know what is happening, you are listening and listening and listening. Don't listen to him. He's not a member of the family. Why are you having conversation with him? What do you do with him? Cast it out. Don't entertain those thoughts. Cast those thoughts down. Number four. Spiritual battles are lost and won in the realm of the spirit. Spiritual battles are lost and won in the realm of the spirit. If you know how to fight, before you start to experience manifestation in the natural, you must know how to escalate the matter to the spirit and deal with the source of where that thing is coming from. If you learn to win there, you will win in the natural. But when we lose there, we also lose in the natural. There's no action that you have taken that just happened. Hello? I say, we just do not act. Actions are children of thoughts. Actions are children of thoughts. That means that before you act it out, you are first of all thinking about it. That is why I've said many times on this pulpit, be careful the thoughts you receive. If you don't check your thoughts, they will eventually become your actions. They will become your actions. If you don't watch your thoughts, they will become your actions. If you don't watch your actions, they will become what? 
your habits. If you don't watch your habit, they will become your character. If you don't watch your character, they will become your destiny. So thoughts are actually what leads to destiny. Maybe I should, I should ask us to look at this. Uh, let's open to the book of Proverbs, chapter number 4. Proverbs chapter number 4. And I want to read it to us from a version that we don't normally... Uh, Proverbs chapter number 4, verse number 23. What does it say? Proverbs 4, 23. I'll read from the Easy English Bible. Easy English Bible version. Say, be careful how you think. Your thoughts make you the person that you are. Be careful how you think. Your thoughts make you the person that you are. Isn't that interesting? That your thoughts will make you the person that you have. Maybe I should also read this from the New Living Translation. It says, guard your hearts above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We're talking about spiritual battle. But why are we talking about thoughts? Because that is the battlefield. The battlefield is in the mind. The battlefield is in our thought life. The moment the enemy can gain a foothold in our thought life, it will start to influence us, change us, conform us to his own will, rather than the will of God. So spiritual battles are lost and won in the realm of the spirit. When things are happening, when you know that, oh, you are being bombarded by these thoughts, the thoughts are coming left, right, and center. What do you do? I'm going to share a lot of this with us in the days to come. What do you do? Escalate it also to the realm of the spirit. Go to God, who is the father of all spirits and father of all flesh. Engage with the spirit of God so that you can be empowered to face the situation. And I can assure you, you will win. I said spiritual battles are lost and won in the realm of the spirit. And Satan's plan is to frustrate God's plan. Satan's plan is to frustrate what? God's plan. That is number five. Satan's plan is to frustrate God's plan. The plan of the enemy is to frustrate, render ineffective, render impotent the good plan of God for your life. I'll repeat. The plan, why is he bringing the thoughts? Why are their thoughts coming? Is to frustrate and render ineffective God's good plan for our lives. Number six, the enemy called Satan is already defeated. Good news. He is already defeated. So we're not fighting an enemy that we cannot defeat. We're not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. Shout it loud. Shout it on the rooftop. That we are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. Satan has been defeated. Jesus went to the cross. Jesus confronted him. Jesus collected from him the keys of hell and death. Dismantled the enemy. Defeated him. Liberated those who were at held in bondage, and thank God we are free. Amen. Whom the Son shall set free is free indeed. 
I said, whom the son shall set free is free indeed. I remember my own story. I can share this with those. Before giving my heart to Jesus, I used to be a bit sickly with malaria. It was regular, especially when we were living in, I was living in Africa. And we had mosquitoes. We had all these things every month. Oh, and by the time you take chloroquine, and then, uh, you know, you start to itch. And the itching part was even worse than the malaria itself. And then I was recommended to start to take flagyl and start to take antihistamines. I mean, doctors will know that, but they never worked for me. I would itch and itch and itch and itch. It was so bad. And it was every month, every month, until I got born again. And it was an area, a major area of concern for me. And I went before God. I said, Lord, I don't want this. I don't want this. And he said, but I've given you my name. And I say, in the name of Jesus, in the simplicity of my heart, nobody prayed for me. I say, in the name of Jesus Christ, malaria fever, when it showed up again, I bind you. I cast you out. And I'm telling you, the power was broken. The, fall, the following month, it was ready again to show up. And I was ready also. I was ready. And that one was a battle. Because God now wanted to see whether I believed his word. The first time, bam, it was gone. The second time, I had to now stand. Having done all, stand. I had to stand for a few days. I had to stand and I refused. I didn't use any chloroquine because I wanted to prove that the word of God was effective. That is why I learned to sing the song that I'm standing on the word of God. The word of God is power. I'm standing on the word of God. The word of God is power. If you're not willing to go through process, you're not going to discover, discover treasures in the world. I'll repeat. If you're not willing to go through some process, you are not going to discover some treasures in the world. And I... I broke the power of malaria. I was healed again. And I knew I was completely free. And for a long time, it did not show up again. Why? Woo! Free! By the power of God's word. Praise the name of the Lord. So we are not fighting for victory. I'll repeat. We are not fighting for victory. We are fighting from victory. What are you confronting today? What is the challenge you are facing today? What is the situation? Poverty, lack, joblessness, healing, a particular issue in your life. You need to go to the world, escalate it. That's a word you're hearing from me again and again. Learn to escalate the matter. You are not a victim. You are not a victim. You are a victor. He didn't. Get us out of the domain of darkness. Abandoned here and walked away. And waved to us and said, see you in heaven. No. Because many times Christians are talking, I'm going to be with him in heaven. Thank God you're going to be with him in heaven. What are you doing with the rotting here now? What are you doing with the mess that is in our world now? How many people have embraced him? What are you doing with your testimony? Some of what you've gone through, 
Some of what you are going through now, in the days to come, you have cause to be thankful to God for allowing you to go through them. Because those are the testimonies you share with your neighbor, with your friends. Those are the testimonies that will affirm to you that the power of God is real. Those are the testimonies you need to declare, to let you know that God is real and is so powerful. And he, is, and he answers the prayers of those who call upon him. So your circumstances are not an accident. The challenges you are facing are not an accident. All you need is to know what to do about them. Is to be able to stand and then involve heaven in your battle. So that you and heaven, you and Jesus, you and the Father, you and the Holy Spirit can push through and win together. Amen. And do you know what? The Bible says there will be joy in heaven. There will be joy in heaven over every victory that God walks through us. Number seven, you have a role to play. And I've spoken a bit about that. You have a role to play in the eventual and the final outcome regarding your life. You have a role to play. Hello. Anointing is not for sleeping. Unction is to function. Some of us have been asking God, give me your power. Anoint me. Give me. Fill me with your spirit. They are not for us to spend more hours in bed with. They are not for us to just say, oh yes, you know I got the power. And we can turn to our friends. We can turn to those around us. See me now. I've got the power. I've got the power. They are not something that we go about boasting with. They're not something we just say, I've got the power. The power is not meant for display. It's meant for action. Thank you. The power is not just for us to just come and be boasting about. It's meant for us to reflect his glory. That others can see that we serve a God who does not fail. That others can see that he's a miracle worker. He's a miracle worker. Like the testimony I shared, I discovered in my early days of Christianity that indeed the Jesus had received, this Jesus is actually a healer. Jesus the healer. Jesus the miracle worker. Jesus the provider. And he will do all of that for you too. In Jesus' name. I want to take us to a story in the Bible whereby you see a lot of these things. And then I will close. I want us to open our Bible to Daniel chapter number 10. And I'll start to read from verse number 1. Daniel chapter number 10. The seven pillars of spiritual warfare. Don't forget them. Write them down. Paste them on your freezer. Paste them on your fridge. Paste them on your door. Don't forget them. In fact, for those of us in the city of refuge, in a lot of our meetings this week, I'll be asking you, what is pillar number five? What is pillar number seven? What is pillar number three? So if you say, D -d 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 -d, I know that, hey, you have forgotten them. Write them down. Paste them on your bedroom door. Paste them on your, on your bathroom mirror so that they constantly remind you of these words. God wants to train us to fight. Hello. The Spirit of God is not raising Lilliputans. Hello. The Bible did not say that flee from Satan and he will also flee from you. The Bible did not say run and then Satan will also run from you. 
The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. To resist means you must be ready to fight him off, to push him back, to stand your ground. And that's what this sense is telling us. Daniel chapter 10, are we there? In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel. Note this, the message was revealed to Daniel. This is very essential in warfare, in exercising faith, in standing your ground. Know what has been revealed. We don't just start to fight because some people, when we say fight, then they are ready to fight. They are fighting here, they are fighting there. They are fighting a war they should not be fighting. Be careful. If you are fighting battles, you should not be fighting. You become a casualty of warfare. The Bible says, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel. Revelation is your passport to paradise. Revelation is God directly revealing himself to you. Revelation is God interacting with your spirit. Revelation is God letting you know I'm here with you. I'm standing with you. And this is the path to travel on. Revelation will produce the prophetic word. And the prophetic word is like a guided missile. Oh, that is looking for the believing heart to walk in the believer's life. Revelation will empower you. Revelation will not only enlighten, it will also empower you. Amen. Praise God. So in the third year, the message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was Belteshazzar. And the message was true. But the appointed time was long. The appointed time was long. Note that also. Because the word had come today does not mean it will happen tomorrow. Sometimes when they say delay, people start to say, you hear Christians talking so negatively. Oh, the prophecy, it has not come to pass. The prophecy, nothing has happened. The prophecy, nothing is happening. Those, you have been a mouthpiece for the enemy. Because that is what he wants you to be saying. So that you can completely blunt the power of the word that has been released. And then you will not be a partaker of it. Because the prophetic word does not come to pass in the life of those who are doubters. The prophetic word comes to pass in the life of those who are believers. That is why the prophetic word is looking for a believing heart to walk in the believer's life. And it says, the blessing was true, but the appointed time was long. You can be anointed and not be appointed. I'll repeat. You can be anointed and not be what? Appointed. Anointing is God's unction coming upon you. Appointment is you entering into the place of manifestation. Anointing is God placing his hand upon you. But appointment is you manifesting what he's called you to do. David was called at the age of 16. And do you know, he killed Goliath no longer after that. The young boy must have felt, come on, I think I've arrived now. I killed Goliath. And the women again sang, thank God for women again. The Saul killed his thousands. David killed his ten thousands. And Saul became mad 
and started pursuing David to kill him. It was just so foolish. You don't know that whatever David will become, you know, those who are under us, when we nurture them, they can only raise us up. They can only lift us up. That's why I want those who are with me. I want my children to rise higher and higher and higher and do exploits, even better exploits than me. I want my spiritual children, those who are connected to me, to become mighty pillars. You know what? They can only lift me up. They can only lift me up. Oh, praise God. You know, eventually after David killed Goliath, you know one of the first questions that Saul asked, whose son was he? Whose son was he? Eventually they will ask, where did you, who trained you to be like this? How did you become like this? And do you know, you remember, oh, my spiritual father. Oh, my father. Look at what he did. 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 And don't forget, when eventually we meet with the Lord in heaven, our reward will also be there. That is why you should never, never feel threatened by those who are rising up. Maybe they go to church after you must have been there. And they are rising up. Oh, it's time to celebrate there. Because you know what? Oh, your own time of celebration will come too. Amen. Your own time of celebration will come. Praise the name of the Lord. It's time to celebrate them. It's time to I love to rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Because I'm sowing a seed in rejoicing. I know that I'm, now that I'm rejoicing with them, my own time will come to, for them to come and uh, rejoice with me too. But when we say, oh, look at it. Oh, this person. Oh, that person. We become that. You know what is happening? You are cutting off your own days of rejoicing. You are cutting off your own days of rejoicing. Saul went after him with everything that he did. Did David become king? Of course he did. But he didn't become king until of Judah until how many years after? Yes, you are listening to me. I'm not going to say it. How many years after? I can't hear you. Some of you are looking at yourself. Some of you are guessing. Okay, he became the king of Israel 14 years after. After he was anointed. I mean, the king of Judah, sorry, 14 years after. And then the king of Israel, 21 years after. It was 14 years of process to become the king of Judah, 21 years of process to become the entire king over Israel. God will take you through process. The way you are, God cannot use you. He wants to take you through process. Remove the pride. Remove the bitterness. Remove the anger. Remove all those wounds. He's not, he doesn't want you to display your pride to the world. He wants to display your humility and the grace, his grace in your life to the world. So that others can come. He doesn't want you to share your testimony. You say, come and see. And he, 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 no, it's about him walking in you. Walking through you. So that God can walk through the lives of so many who are yet to know him. So the appointed time was long. Verse number three, in two. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three, four weeks. I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. I ate no pleasant food. 
no meat or wine. He was fasting. He was waiting on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up their wings like the eagles. They will walk. They will not faint. They will run. They will not be weary. He was waiting on God. Not totally fasting, but he was waiting on God. Now on the 24th day of the first month, I was by the side of the great river that is the Tigris. I lifted my eyes and looked. And behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was gathered with the gold of offers. His body was like burial, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like the touches of, his, of fire, his arms and feet like burnished bronze in color. The sound of his words like the voice of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision. Daniel saw it. The others did not see it. But a great terror fell upon them. They must have heard some things. They heard a noise. They heard some movements. Terror fell upon them. And they fled to hide themselves. Therefore, I was left alone when I saw this great vision. And no strength remained in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words. While I heard the sound of his word, I was in a deep sleep on my face, with my face to the ground. Suddenly, a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees, on the palms of my knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, why would an angel say to Daniel, you are greatly beloved. Similar to the word that the angel spoke to Mary, whose womb Jesus eventually came to the world through. A man beloved. Oh, Mary, woman, beloved of God, highly favored of God. Understand the word that I speak to you. And stand upright, for I have been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear. Don't forget, the men around him did not hear or see anything. But Daniel saw it. Pillar number one, there's an invisible, spirit, invisible spiritual realm. God walks through from this realm. Satan also walks from this realm. In the natural, others who were there in the natural did not see anything. They were there within. But only Daniel saw through to this realm of the spirit. Because they didn't see anything. Maybe you've asked them. Maybe some of them would have said, are you sure there's anything like that? But Daniel can never deny that because he had had the experience. Let me tell you something. The spirit realm is so real. It's so real. I can share with you. Again and again. I just don't want to be, I don't want to be, uh, you know, I can share with you. So many experiences. The spirit realm is so real. You may not feel it. You may not see it. But it's real. And a lot of the issues we are facing are from that realm. And I speak to you. O Daniel, man greatly beloved. Understand the word that I speak to you. And stand upright. For I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking to me this word. I stood trembling. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand, to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. 
So the answer was sent from heaven as a result of the words of Daniel. Now, don't tell me your words do not matter. Whether people are there or not, don't tell me what you're saying do not matter. Your words are activating angels or your words are activating Satan. Daniel's words activated heaven and angels were sent as an answer or to give answer to the prayers he's been praying. Let's, be, let's start to rise up in the spirit. Start to, be, start to be deliberate with your words so that your words can be activating things around you. Your world can start to recreate the environment around you. Oh, I don't go out before, you know, I don't just go into the day. There are words that I speak. I said, dear Lord Jesus, I want to thank you. Your favor is going before me. Goodness and mercy, they are following me. I'm commanding my morning. I say today I'm blessed. Blessed going out, blessed coming in. What am I doing by doing that? I'm recreating the atmosphere around me constantly to align with heaven, to release angelic forces, to work on my behalf. I just don't go about saying anything. I just don't open my mouth just talking anyhow. I don't do that. You also stop doing that. Stop doing that. Don't talk anyhow about your situation. Don't talk anyhow about your spouse. Don't talk anyhow about your children. You stupid boy. You stupid girl. And you want him to be wise. You want her to be wise. And you are calling her stupid. You are saying you stupid dumb head. Look at you. Coconut head, look at the report you came back, and you, you want him to come back with a better report next time, and you're calling him coconut head. You can't call him coconut head, don't pass exams because it's only water that is there. It's only water that is there. There's so much power in our words, especially if you're a believer. There's prophetic power in a believer's mouth. Start to declare concerning your situation. Start to learn to activate heaven. Heaven responded to Daniel based on his word. Based on his word. That is why I've been saying to us here, we will emerge infinitely better at the end of COVID-19 than when we started. And I can tell you, testimonies are rolling in already. Some of them will be sharing them. Some will not even share them yet. But the testimonies are rolling in. And they have just started. Our 2020 is not wasted. Maybe others have written off their 2020. We have not written off our own 2020. We will have something significant to show for 2020. We have something significant to show for it. In the name of Jesus Christ. 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Who exactly is was this guy? The prince of the kingdom of Persia. We stood me how many days? 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I've been left alone there with the king or with the, with the kings of Persia. The very first day that Daniel started praying, answer was sent from heaven. The very first day that Daniel started talking to God about this. This part was released from heaven, but now that is where the warfare started. The Bible says the prince of Persia, a satanic prince. Remember, or look at it here, the prince, not just an ordinary demon. 
a prince, meaning a demonic element of a very high order, to ensure that Daniel do not enter into. Do not enter into. That is why I've said for years, delay is never denial. Delay, you might, you know, you might be going through some delay. It's never denial. Let's learn from here. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me for I've been left alone there. Meaning that the, as because Daniel persisted, because Daniel continued, because Daniel stood his ground, Daniel continued to pray, he was empowering heaven. He was empowering heaven. Even though the angel that was sent was stopped, because of his words, Michael, a chief prince, an archangel, was released to come and do more battle. Now, wait a minute. Supposing Daniel stopped on the 20th day. Hello? And he said, I've been praying. I've prayed. I've asked people to pray with me. I've, 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 I've fasted. Look at it. The first week is gone. 14 days gone. Now, how long, God? I'm walking away. How many times have people walked away from destiny when they're about to lay hold on what they've been waiting for for so long? Can you imagine for a moment that Daniel stopped praying on the 20th day? Would the answer have come on the 21st day? Definitely no. Will he be celebrated the way we're celebrating him now? Definitely no. Will his testimony be in canonical scriptures? Definitely no. How many times do you walk away when you're about to lay hold? How many times do you change your mind when you're just about to enter into? How many times do people give up when it's just a little moment? In another moment, they will just be celebrating a major victory. This is a lesson, an eternal lesson to learn from. And it says what? It said, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before your God, your words were hard. And I've come because of your words. Did I not tell you in one of the pillars that Satan's plan was to frustrate the plan of God? Did I not tell you to frustrate the plans of God? And that is the very good the example here. This prince came to stop God's plan from coming to pass until a greater prince was released. An archangel Michael, your persistence will cause heaven to respond in a greater measure to dismantle the works of the enemy in your life. Persistence is a major weapon in warfare. Because as you continue to stand, heaven will continue to respond. And this is, is, but why is it? Why can't just the answer come? Because don't forget, God is not just about giving you the answer. He's also about training you. So that through the process you've gone through, others can learn from you too. So that you can tell others who are going through challenges not to give up. Because you can't give what you don't have. If you've just been giving up, you've never faced any challenge, you've never gone through process, and somebody's going through process, what do you tell them? Can I say this? I remember when our church building was attacked, 
That is why to a lot of people, when they say we, we cannot meet, oh, as a church, I, you know, I, I just, I, because God has already trained me. While we were walking among Islamic fundamentalists, a time came when the building was burnt down. But the church has never been the building. They thought by burning our building down, it was a big building, would invest so much in it, they thought they would stop the church. No, the following Sunday, the church still met in another place. But do you know what? Out of the ashes of your dying today, there is rising up a brand new day in which the name of the Lord will be glorified. There's a brand new day. That's the prophetic word for you. Out of the ashes of my dying today, I see the rising of a brand new day in which the name of the Lord alone is glorified. See the rising of a brand new day out of the ashes of the pain out of the ashes of the challenges, out of the ashes of COVID-19, there's rising a brand new day for the church. There's a rising of a brand new day for the city of refuge. There's a rising of a brand new day for you. Oh, there's a rising of a brand new day. Somebody needs to hear this. Because for the past few weeks, you have been going through this depressive beat, this depressive deep and it's been so, you've been down. The enemy has been showing you pictures. The enemy has been showing you things that have just been making you to go down. And telling you lies. But I have news for you. Out of the rise, out of the ashes of the challenges you have been going through. Out of the ashes of the challenges in business. Because of the closure. Out of the ashes of the problem you have gone through. Out of the ashes of the delay you have gone through. Out of the ashes of the situation you have gone through. There is a rising of the brand new day. In which the name of the Lord is glorified. Amen. He said, now I have come to make you understand. Verse 14. What will happen to your people in the latter days? For the vision refers to many days yet to come. I will stop there and we will continue next Sunday. But I want to end with this. I want you to rise up. I want everyone to rise up and lift up your hand and just start to rejoice. And take this on the out of the ashes of my dying today. There's a rising of a brand new day. Oh, it's not over. Yes, it's a season. Don't forget, seasons do change. And this season will eventually also change. There's a rising of a brand new day for you. Oh, in which the name of the Lord will be glorified. This test is becoming a testimony. Whereby you stand and say, look at what God has done for me. It's not over. Oh, yes. It's not over until it is over. And it is not over until when the Lord himself said so. And he has not said that. What he's saying to you is to stand. What he's saying to you is to persist. What he's saying to you is to continue to take your stand. Because out of the ashes of your dying today, there's a rising of a brand new day. I know by the unction of the Holy Spirit, I know by the hand of God upon my life, that if you receive this word, if you run with it, your testimonies will follow. 
your testimonies will follow. All you need to start to add to this, number one, start to add expectation oh, to your period of preparation. I said, start to add expectation. Start to add anticipation to this period of preparation you are going through or to this process you are going through. Then your manifestation is just around the corner when you will celebrate and say, God indeed is being good. Oh, I've, went, I've gone through this, but look at me today. Who would have thought that I can do this again? That will be your testimony. And I'm saying this, oh, the Lord will turn your pain into joy and it will turn your sadness into laughter for it is time for you to laugh again in the name of Jesus Christ Father I just want to thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice I give you praise the word of life and the word of power you've given to me I've released to them Lord I pray for everyone whose hands are lifted lift up your hands to heaven Everyone whose lands are lifted. Lord, I pray for that, your divine touch. That every word that has been released, they will be partakers. Every word that has been released, oh Lord my God. As they connect their heart with the prophetic word, it will become their experience. In Jesus' name, none will give up. None will fold their arms in surrender. None will allow the enemy to lie to them. I say, rise up. I command you to rise up. In Jesus' name. And don't be discouraged in the name of Jesus. Don't let the enemy continue to remind you and remind you and tell you those lies and bombard you with those, those lies. Turn to him and say, no more. In Jesus' name. Say, no more. I want to hear your voice. Yes. I want to hear your voice through this medium. Say, no more. No more. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we want to thank you. We say, no more. Thank you for, indeed, you are building a people of power. We are building a people of praise who will march through the land by your spirit. Build your church, Lord. Make us strong, Lord. Join our heart with the song. You did not fail when you came here. You did not throw up your hands in surrender. You won the battle. Sometimes they were quite challenging, but you were victorious. Well, and we are the children of the most high God. We will be victorious in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you for everyone who have received the war. Oh, thank you for manifestations. Thank you, grace is released for them. Thank you, enablement is released over them. Thank you, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. The Lord bless you. And I'll see you next Sunday. Mm -hmm.